Hi, I'm Michael Stittle. And I'm Nick Nanos. And it's Wednesday, October 16th. Welcome to Trendline. So, Nick, a huge number of people uh, turned out at the advanced polls over the weekend. I believe it was up 29% from the 2015 general election. So something like 4.7 million people. Do we know who that might have benefited the most? Well, there's probably what we know from past experience is that the advanced polls, the results of the advanced polls tend to reflect the polling at the time that people are voting in the advanced polls. So when one party is ahead, even if they don't win the election, they'll probably do better in the advanced polls if they're ahead at the time when people are voting. So, you know, I would say that this probably benefits uh, Jagmeet Singh and, and the New Democrats because the advanced polls just came out of, uh, you know, a, a successful week for him. He did well in both of the leaders' debates. His personal numbers were up. The NDP ballot numbers were up. Uh, so, you know, for timing for the New Democrats, it couldn't be better. Uh, beyond that, you know, one of the things we have to recognize that part of the increase in advance polls and the number of Canadians showing up to the advanced polls has to do with the increasingly better job that Elections Canada is doing at making it easy to vote in the advanced polls. So mm -hmm. uh, so right now, maybe we should just uh, give a tip of the hat to Elections Canada for doing a good job at making advanced polls accessible and then also observe that the advanced polls usually reflect whatever the sentiment is, is at the time of uh, people casting their ballots. Yeah, we had 4,946 advanced polling stations in 2015 and 6,135 yeah. for 2019. Exactly. Uh, so and, pretty good, yeah. And the other interesting thing is, uh, you know, the Elections Canada has, has been more, uh, I don't want to use the word aggressive, but more active in terms of uh, advanced polling on uh, college and university campuses too. So that probably helped mm. a little bit. So what about the uh, national numbers? Michael, do you still have your coin? Because I need to do some coin tossing here. I know we're a podcast, but if, <laughs> if listeners can visualize coin tossing, we've got conservatives at 33, liberals 32, NDP 19, Green 9, Block 6, People's Party at around 1%, uh, basically gripped in a tie. And not just that, in, with both of the front-running parties in the low 30s, uh, majority government is currently out of reach. We'll have to see whether there's any kind of breakout the upside for Singh is that uh, his gains last week, it looks like he still held on to them in the last couple days. Uh, so at 19, that's still good. If he starts veering into any number that has a two in front of it, it becomes a little more problematic for the liberals uh, because of potential vote splits. But, uh, you know, right now, mm. Singh's holding on to uh, his gains from last week. So, Nick, exactly how many seats are still up for grabs in Canada? Well, at uh, Nanos, we're statistically modeling 73,000 neighborhoods and projecting them to, into riding projections, into national projections from a seat perspective. And we're been crunching those numbers. Right now, we have, out of the 338 ridings, 27 have a margin of 2% or less, and another 68... Oh, my gosh. Yeah, another 68 have a margin of between 2 to 7%, which means that, mm. you know, we're looking at around uh, 95 ridings that, you know, according to the Nanos math map are up for grabs and uh, we cannot uh, declare a winner in those 95 ridings. So just speaks to how close things are and how everything is going to go down to the wire. Voter turnout's going to matter. Organization's going to matter. Campaign's not making a mistake in the closing days of the campaign. Uh, the election is going to matter. And uh, there's uh, still a lot of people that are waiting to make up their minds.
So the conservatives and the liberals need 170 seats for a majority, and they're clearly far shy of that at the moment. And which brings up a lot of coalition talk. Singh kind of sent out that idea and then sort of walked it back. It, what do voters think about that, all this coalition talk? Is it sort of radioactive for them on the campaign trail? I don't think it's I don't think it's radioactive for voters because right now they're not enthusiastic about any of the two front runners. You know, if you're either Andrew Scheer or Justin Trudeau, you don't want to talk about coalitions and not winning the election and not winning a majority because it's basically conceding that you can't get the mandate that you want. However, if you are Jagmeet Singh, if you're Elizabeth May, if you're Blanchette, uh, you know, for all of those uh, party leaders, you're going to talk up coalition. You're going to talk about the fact that uh, neither of the two frontrunners has a, has a strong mandate from the Canadian people. And uh, we should start talking about how parties can potentially cooperate. I don't want to use the word collaborate, but cooperate and work together mm. in the House of Commons in order to, in order to uh, pass legislation. So, uh, so not a big surprise that Scheer and Trudeau don't want to talk about it and that uh, Singh and May especially are uh, hot to talk about coalition and uh, how that might work. So you've got some new regional numbers uh, coming out later today for Quebec and Ontario. Uh, why don't you talk about Quebec right now? Sure. So uh, in uh, the regional drill down that we've just released with CTV and the Globe uh, this morning, um, you know what's uh, what's interesting is that uh, you know the the Liberals still have uh, have an advantage in the province of Quebec. Looking at the last number of uh, kind of the longitudinal tracking on that front. Um, but the, the block is uh, still doing quite well. We have them at around uh, 25% uh, in the province in the, mm. in the last wave. And uh, what we've seen is the uh, NDP, NDP has been picking up a little steam. You know, they've gone from, uh, you know, uh, from about 11 to 16%. So, uh, and at the same time, the Tories have, have gone down a bit in the province of Quebec. But uh, What's, uh, what's interesting is, you know, not a big surprise, Montreal is a lock for the Liberals. They're way ahead in, 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 in Montreal. But once we get to mm. the rest of Quebec, the rest of Quebec, right, which are the ridings that effectively are up for grabs, a lot of those are new Democrat ridings, is, is for all intents and purposes almost a three-way race between the Liberals, the Bloc, and the Conservatives. And this is where vote splits, getting out the vote, boots on the ground, you know, all that kind of stuff is going mm. to be uh, critically important. So watch out for those ridings uh, outside of the island of Montreal because it's uh, it's a horse race, and uh, and you know the the uh, the block are doing uh, the block are doing better than they have been in quite a long time. Now we had Conservative leader Andrew Scheer campaigning in Quebec yesterday. Uh, Liberal leader Justin Trudeau is expected to be there tonight, and NDP leader Jagmeet Singh as well. Uh, is Singh, how's the NDP doing in Quebec right now? Not doing as well as he'd like, for sure. I think we have him at around uh, 15% uh, in the rest of Quebec and in the province as a whole around 15, 16%. So he's, uh, he's not in a zone uh, to, hmm. uh, to do as well as the New Democrats did in 2015. The question is right now is, you know, how many seats uh, will Jagmeet Singh lose? And who will he lose those to? Right now, the polling suggests that uh, the the parties that are the greatest candidates to pick up NDP seats specifically are the uh, the Bloc uh, and the and the Liberals primarily. 
Now, what's happening in the 905 region of Ontario? Yeah, 905 is another key battleground. Um, what we're seeing, at least right now, is uh, is uh, the last uh, week was a little better for the New Democrats. They've gone from 11 to 16 percent. Um, if you remember in the mid-campaign or second second week of the campaign or thereabouts, it was a statistical tie between the Liberals and the Conservatives. We have the Liberals pulling out uh, a little bit of an advantage right now in the 905, uh, and uh, that's that's good news uh, for Justin Trudeau. Uh, and mm. I think uh, what this also speaks to is uh, let's. I think you're probably going to see Andrew Scheer um, swing into the 905 into the close of the campaign. Uh, because uh, the reality is for the Conservatives, for them to try to uh, win the election and form a government, they need to do well in those ridings. And uh, I think a little bit of a visit from their leader uh, could potentially be uh, helpful to the Conservatives in the 905. So, Nick, what's your big takeaway for today? Big takeaway is still a coin toss. I'm sorry, I can't declare a winner. There is no winner. Maybe none <laughs> of the above wins. I don't know, but... Uh, it's, uh, it's basically a tie on the ballot, tie on the preferred prime minister. Um, there are ridings in Quebec that now are competitive between three parties, and we have to watch out for the vote splits. The uh, Liberals have a little bit of an advantage in the 905, but watch out for Andrew Scheer to go in there and try to uh, swing votes. And, uh, you know, it's going to be, uh, right now, it's, gonna, it's, it's too close to call in terms of, uh, of who might win based on uh, the distribution of support. And Nick, where can we find you? You can reach me on Twitter at N-I-K Nick Nanos or on the web at www.nanos.co. And I'm also on Twitter at Michael Siddle. And for our listeners, we will have an election day episode of Trendline. Just a reminder, this episode was produced by Trevor Coral, Jesse Taharelli, and Phil Hahn. Sound editing was done by Jesse Taharelli. Our executive producer is Liz Travers, and Trendline is hosted by Nick Nanos and myself, Michael Siddle. Thanks for listening.